You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy. Hey people, how are you doing? It's 26th of July, 2022, and you are listening now to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, recorded live every Tuesday at 8 o'clock on the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel. How are you doing? Um, if you are joining us live, then thank you very much. Apologies last week. I think we started, don't have to be an STM member. Then I can bring your comments and questions for guests up onto the screen. For example, now Nikki Mansfield is saying, sorry, Matt. Oh, sorry, Matt. I'm going to miss this one. I'm watching the Lionesses smash the semi-final. Have a great one. I'll catch up tomorrow. Well, yeah, that wasn't the kind of comment I thought we were going to open up the show with Nikki. But thanks for coming in and letting us know. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you can come in and let us know if you're not going to make it if you want to. Um, of course, you don't have to join us live. If you don't, then um, everything um, goes out as a podcast and you can listen to the podcast on all popular podcast apps, including Spotify. Um, or if you want to watch the video, which I recommend, then you can uh, go along to YouTube where it will be forever. And of course, you can go to the STA webpage, which is the STA.co.uk. And all of the podcasts are on there in video form, um, along with all the show notes and the links and details and, and all that sort of stuff. So that's how to uh, join us. People are coming in now, happily up to say. Hopefully these are not just telling me they can't come here tonight. Hey, Glenn, how are you doing? Glenn Murphy is here. Um, and also Stephen Barr has come in the room. So we do have a load of regulars who come in. They're all soft tissue therapists. Um, so it's a great way to network. I do recommend it. Um, if you are interested in sports therapy, if you're a sports therapist or sports massage therapist yourself. Um, and indeed, if you're interested in what the STA is all about, um, you don't have to be an STA member. Bam, done. Um, tonight is um, a particularly good one to join because what we're going to do once a month is we're going to have a have your say episode, which is basically where we're going to chat, take questions and chat about um the podcast we've had for example this month it's been all about the foot and ankles we'll have more about that coming up later on also it'll be a chance to chat about what's coming up in the next month and also a chance to have your say about anything to do with the sports uh therapy industry and sports massage therapy any questions you might have whether it's related to the sta or outside the sta and there'll be people dropping in from the sta team who will be here to talk about what they've been up to what the sta has been up to and what is coming up in the next month so it'll be a great get together, really good networking opportunity. So if you are one of our 2000 or listeners to each episode um, and you're thinking, actually, I'd quite like to join us live, then just what it's going to be is starting from September will be the first of the month. Just to make it simple. The first of the month will always be a have your say episode to talk about the previous month's podcasts and the podcast coming up. There you go. That's how it works. Um, so just to give you a reminder, um, before I do bring... Um, other people from the STA team up for tonight then this month was all about the foot and ankle all episodes like I say are available um, on YouTube and on podcast uh, platforms uh, we started off um, uh, at the beginning of the month with Dr Emma Cowley and Nick Knight who talked about foot anatomy um, so we'll have a little chat about these episodes um, shortly and take questions from anybody who's in the live lounge then you're welcome to ask questions or make any observations what you liked about it maybe what you didn't like about it what you wish I'd asked anything you like this is the Have Your Say Because Your Voice Counts episode. Um, the week after that, we had part two, which was with uh, Maddie Tate and Ian Griffiths. And they talked about plantar fasciitis, or is it? Which I thought was a great episode. But then, you know, secretly I'm in love with Ian Griffiths on a man 
bromance kind of thing. I've always supported him and loved him, and it's it was great to have him in. And Maddie Tate as well, um, who I haven't had the joy to spend an hour with, but that was so informative as well. So that was a great episode. Um, obviously, no preference for guests. I love you all equally. Just Ian Griffiths a bit more. Um, the week after, which was last week, we had uh, the fantastic James Earls and Lucy Wintle um, coming in and talking about the evolving foot, which is a fascinating chance as well um, to hear about how knowing about how the foot has evolved um, since um, man um, apparently first took steps on the earth. Um, whether that's true or not, whether he came from a spaceship, we don't know, but it looks like probably um, man did evolve to become what he is today. And uh, yeah, how understanding that can really help with the way we address people who come in with foot issues and foot injuries. A really interesting episode. Um, and we will have a little chat about that later. And if you've got any questions in the live lounge, then chuck them in there now about any of the episodes we've had. Um, also, we're going to be talking about just STA things and sports therapy association, sports therapy, sports massage therapy, anything to do with the industry. So any questions? I've got a few questions that was emailed in to me, which was great. So I'll read them out as we go along. Um, and that's the idea of what it's going to be. Like I say, we'll do this. At the, we're doing it a bit differently now because it's summer holidays and a bit weird. But we will have this as a regular thing at the first Tuesday of each month from now on. So the next one will be September the 1st, then October the 1st. And, you know, the rest of the calendar of months. So that's how it works. Um, Catherine Weimer is now coming as well. How are you doing, Catherine? Good to see you. Thanks for joining us live. I love that logo. That's the other cool thing. Talking about networking, guys, looking at the business side of things. Whenever you leave a comment, your logo comes up. OK, great way of networking, getting a picture out there. It's going to be on YouTube forever. So um, it's worth coming in for that, I think. Right. So for have your say, we're going to have different people dropping in from the SDA team. Um, let me clear that for the moment. And we're going to start off. I'm very pleased to say that we've got Gary Benson, the founder of the STA, is going to be joining us. Um, and also Dr. Fiona Higgs, um, who you may well hopefully know now uh, through WIST, the Women in Sports Therapy podcast uh, for potentially oh geez no it's four isn't it i'm watching her fingers now five episodes now the fifth one has been released i wasn't sure whether it was yesterday or today or but yeah there's five episodes now available on youtube and we'll talk about that as well later on with uh, dr fiona higgs who along with deb thurlow roley is producing some fantastic content um and we'll have a chance to talk about that right that's enough for the blab let me just check my notes i don't think i missed anything else before i bring these lovely people up um yeah, that's no, pretty cool. Okay, I will now bring up Gary Benson and Dr. Fiona Higgs. You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy. Hey, how are you doing, people? Gary, Fiona, how are you? Good evening. We should have a moment's silence now for Gary, who is going to be in silence for most of the evening um, because he is suffering um, from uh, COVID. I think he's on day 10. Um, how are you feeling, Gary? Let's get this out of the way now. Um, I'm okay. It's, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it wasn't pleasant, but I just can't talk very well and I'll start coughing. So I'll keep my comments to a minimum. There we go. So a good side to COVID, as always. If you, It depends what glasses you put on, Gary will be minimized. No, I didn't mean that at all. So great. So thanks for joining us, guys. Um, later on, I think we're going to have a couple of other people dropping in. But for the moment, um, a little chat about, I don't know, obviously you're both very busy people. Have you had a chance? I think you were present at maybe one or two of the podcasts we've had, the foot and ankle. Have you had any feedback or managed to see anything yourselves about the month and how you think it went? Um, I'm just going to exclude myself from the last few weeks of the podcast just based on how busy I've been in previous weeks. So I, unfortunately, Gary might have to have a 
a stab at talking on this one. <laughs> well, I, I, I joined the first one and I, I lasted, you know, I wanted to listen to James talk because I'm, I'm a big fan of his. And I lasted about half an hour before I, I was just coughing so much. I, I just had to uh, make my excuses and leave. But what, what I found interesting is that we've got the foot and ankle month going on, but the amount of content on social media you know, Catherine's a good example there. She's been doing about plantar fasciopathy. Um, she's doing about Morton's neuroma this week. So, you know, we are sort of um, creating content and, and stimulating people to to research more and produce their own content. So I think it's really good. Um, and, and I was just sat there thinking, yeah, that's my foot. That's my foot he's talking about, really high <laughs> arches, yeah, you know, big toe, very rigid and things like that. So uh, I'm going to listen back to them because I'm only just back to work this week uh, after a couple of weeks off. So uh, really interesting stuff. And neither of you should feel guilty at all because I know, and this goes to anyone else who is maybe listening to the podcast and thinking, oh, I'm having a chance to... There's no obligation to listen to it live. The only reason I do it live is because I like the spontaneity of it. I think for me personally, and the, f the feedback I've had is that it kind of sounds quite interesting if it is live. People are saying what's on their mind at the time, um, and there's no editing, and 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 it's and it's just I like the way it moves. So even if there's only 20, 30 people in the studio, then that's fine. That's okay. We'll still record it that way. But don't feel obliged that you have to come in. That's why it's a podcast as well, and that's why we get far more downloads this year than we have had people joining us um, because it's probably easier. Eight o'clock on a Tuesday night, people are just relaxing on their feet up, apart from us and uh, the people who joined us in the live lounge. So yeah, no, it was a great show, people who, if you haven't seen it yet, I mean, things that I took away and people who are joining us in the live lounge, you're welcome if you came along and, and saw any of them to chip in and ask any questions. I've had a few questions from people who emailed in. But let me just bring up and remind people what it was. So we did start off with um, Nick Knight and uh, Dr. Emma Cowley. Let me just put this on a solo. If you're listening to the podcast, you can't see this, but I've just brought up on the screen a little screenshot of who we had on the show. Um, and uh, yeah, it was wonderful. I mean, Nick Knight's been on the show before. Um, he's the... Uh, Members K and Sports Podiatrist and owner of NK Sports Podiatry. <clears throat> and and I've, I've been acquainted with him. We even need to see him. I went to see him when I had um, all sorts of things I wasn't sure about and needed to see a podiatrist. Um, and he sorted me out and gave me some great advice. And Dr. McCauley was a pleasure to listen to as well. But one of the things which I took away from that, because this is great, I love my job, CPD, free CPD, which is all free CPD for you guys as well. But I did love the way that they both admitted that they change what they say to clients all the time. They're not embarrassed about it. And in fact, they highlighted the fact that often it's the therapist who worries about saying, well, you know what we were doing last month? I'm not going to do that now because, you know, I've just been reading this and talking to colleagues and now we're going to try this. And it's something which I know when I was younger as a therapist, I was worried about. It's almost like you're doing a U-turn um, and it shouldn't be a problem. That's what politicians do, isn't it? They keep saying, yes, Brexit, Brexit all the way, even though they know it's not quite right, which says you change their mind. But they just think, I can't back out now. So they just keep doing it until they resign and leave and it all crumbles. But um, for therapists, it's fine. That was a bit political, wasn't it? For therapists, it's fine, isn't it? You can change your mind. And if anything, Dr. Emma Cowley was saying, your patients will enjoy it. They expect you to kind of twist it. Is that something you've come across, Gary or Dr. Fiona? Dr. Fiona, I'm talking. I could just call you Fiona for now. But yeah, was that something you've you found with your own in your own practices that changing your mind is is not as fearful as you? Well, I, well, I about um, in 2017, I stopped clinical practice just because of capacity. A lot of things happened in my life at the time, and I 
I, I was working 20 hours a day and something had to give and my clinical practice was the thing that was easiest to to change but you know if I go back to my original training course you know nearly 20 years ago and look at the content and what I was taught and the and and the reasons, the narrative that I gave to my clients. If you if you look at my early clinical days compared to my later clinical days, there was a hundred percent difference. And you know, when I first started, ninety percent of what I did was manual therapy, and ten percent was education and movement. When I finished, ninety percent of what I did was education and movement, and only ten percent was manual therapy. So I think I did evolve as a therapist. And, and I still do get involved a little bit if, if Jake's in clinic and he's got a complex case or or he's away, for example, like he's away cricketing for the army this week. So sometimes I uh, will take one of his clients who probably used to be one of my clients. And, and I, I do explain that, you know, how I, how I would treat now is, is totally different to how I, I used to treat before. So, yeah, I think we all evolve. And, but I, I don't think we just evolve as a, as a therapist. We evolve as a person. That's deep, yeah. You got to finish. You got to follow that now. Yeah, I don't know how to follow follow yeah, on from that. But, it's very yeah. true. It, have it, you, it have is, you found it in your life? Yeah. You've been worried about changing your mind? Is that something you've feared at any point? Absolutely, and I think um, like it's similar to Gary, really, that um, you kind of evolve as a therapy practitioner and take on information from different sources and actually learn from clients themselves. But sometimes, also, you know. I think the first the first thing the first thing that I was thinking of when you were talking about Matt like that episode um is the you should perhaps put on kind of like a a consideration or or flip it so that you're imagining a scenario with like a medical practitioner or a dentist like if you go into a dentist practice and you're having a certain type of procedure done and they get information that there's evidence that something else might work better say last longer or whatever you'd expect them to use the best the best approach and we're exactly the same as as therapy practitioners in whatever field we work in um but also to what gary was saying yeah like just you, you pick up new bits of information and you, you kind of learn that you have to act in their best interest and and telling them and and educating them as part of the job so if you know something that they don't then if you filter it down it kind of it reaches the masses much, much quicker. Definitely. So, yeah. I like that analogy. I like it. Yeah. You'd be, you'd be it, there's been quite a lot of, um, quite a lot of subject matter on various Facebook groups. And, and, and a lot of it is centered around, you know, oh, I've got this client. I, I don't really know what I'm doing. Can anybody shed any advice on that? And, and to me, I've got a rule of thumb. If I don't know enough about it, then I will, re- I will find out the right person to refer them to. And, and I'm doing that in the client's best interests. It's, it's not about me. It's about them getting the best outcome. And, you know, clients actually pay us for an outcome. They don't pay us for our services, for our dry needling, for our cupping, for our manual therapies, for our exercise rehab. They don't pay for our experience and our training and, and the 20 years of, of investment in time and money we put in. They're paying us for an outcome. And if we're not the right person to deliver that outcome, then ethically and morally, we should be sending them to the right person to get that outcome. They will come back to us and they'll trust us more and they'll respect us more for being honest with them. 
And, and, and that's why I think we develop as, as people. And, you know, I've got this thing about CPD, so continual professional development. And I say to lots of people, it's, it's continual personal development. So, I, you know, my CPD policy is quite open. If you want to do something that develops you as a person and makes you a better therapist, even though it's not therapy based, I'm more than happy. Very cool. Yeah, I like it. It's a new business. Well, I don't know. I knew it is, but it's a business model which a lot of people don't entertain, isn't it? Just do what's best for the client, even if that means sending them to somebody else, because it will, like you say, come back onto you. People pay. People will respect you for getting fixed. They don't care everything you've done and all the courses. If they get fixed with someone else and you were the one who told them to go, they'll remember you, won't they? It's a powerful business model. It's true. Okay, so yeah, people, check it out. We're going to move to the next one now because. Um, if you're interested in that sort of conversation, then go along and listen. Go, go and listen back to it. It was the beginning of this um, month, and it was uh, the Foot Anatomy one with Dr. Emma Cowley and Nick Knight. Um, the week after that, we had yeah Ian and um, Maddie Tate who were talking about plantar fasciitis, or is it? That was a great episode because it, it one of the things I took away, and I teach anatomy myself, and I have to teach, especially for level four, I have to teach like, I have to teach the poor, poor students probably about on the on the syllabus is about 50 special tests covering five different parts of the body. So ankle and knee and lower back and shoulders and neck and 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 and, and they've all got really difficult names. I tell them, first of all, on your on your um, on your sheet, you're going to use your assessment sheet, then just change the names whatever you want you can you can translate these just call it the like the squeeze the heel test you don't have to know what it's called and use the names which is named normally after the bloke who who says he's discovered it you don't have to worry about that but they still have to learn them all and then there's a temptation as you go into clinic because you don't see so many of certain injuries then you kind of forget and don't bother doing them i think one of the things i took from the um chat with ian and maddie was for example they were talking about the calcaneal stress test and depending on the population you work with you're probably not going to get many people who test positive to that but for the one time you do, bam, that's kind of your career made for the next five years because you've identified something which they thought was plantar fasciitis because potentially the GP told them that or they just read about it and they've come in saying, I've got plantar fasciitis. So although these tests, a lot of them can be treated with less kind of, oh, I've got to do this and this is what it is, it's important to do them just to rule out some of the red flags. Um, have you had personal kind of uh that affected you where you kind of missed out some tests you guys or have you done a test thinking i better check this and it's turned out to be positive i, th I think in the early days after I, after i completed my training i used to test everything mm. um and we were taught sort of parrot fashion you know this is the the, the methodology for for this particular test um i could never remember people's names who had a test named after them so i i kind of did my own sort of version exactly. of the test yeah but, but, you know, if, we, if you're doing a shoulder uh, examination, for example, and somebody's got, like myself, I've got, you know, a historical pathology and a, a joint replacement. So my internal external rotation is, is very limited, but that affects every other movement of my shoulder. So if you're going to, if I go and see somebody with a poor shoulder, with shoulder pain, and they, they carry out a parrot fashion test on my shoulder, everything's going to have a positive outcome you know there are going to be restrictions of movement there are going to be some grimacing so once you've done part of the test and you've got a positive outcome i.e something's you know shown up um there's no point in going on in my opinion because all you're going to do is cause them more pain so 
yes, you know, you have to do something, you know, get some objective markers. But, um, yeah, to go through a test parrot fashion, I know you have to know them, you know, in the syllabus. Um, some of the syllabus are, are outdated. Glenn's just made a comment there. That some of the information he received, you know, 95, pre-95 was really good information. And, and there was a lot of good information. There's a good information on every course. But there's also a lot of changing information as we as we now know more and the evidence is is informing us more. Yeah, pre-95, Glenn. Um, yeah, we weren't born then, were we, Gary? So it's kind of like it's tricky. <laughs> but thanks, Glenn, for filling us in on that. I appreciate your words of wisdom. No, it's true. I'm not tying everybody with one brush, but it's still um, it's still tempting. We learn we're pushed with so much and the temptation is to stop doing them. And then you might miss out a really important one because you're so sure, because you see so many cases of what's labelled as plantar fasciitis or plantar fasciopathy, that you think this is it, and you forget to do a simple thing like a calcaneal um, squeeze test, and they jump out of the seat, and then suddenly you realise, oh, yeah, that fits in better with the case history than the, uh, you know, than the prospect that this is a case of plantar fasciopathy or something. So, yeah. What do, how are you, Dr Fiona Higgs, with tests? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm never going to get used to that. I'm going to um, um, do an echo thing on the microphone when you're therapy expert, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Fiona Higgs. Higgs, Higgs. Oh, it'll be really eerie. <laughs> um, yeah, I look forward to that. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think um, I'm in a similar boat as your students, Matt, by the sounds of it. I think it takes quite a lot of um, repetition to ingrain the names, particularly of the tests. And I, you know, there's a few that kind of stick in my mind, but I think the actions and the, what they actually test for is probably what's more significantly, hopefully retained. Um, and I think through COVID having a reduced client base, you, you kind of have less opportunity to, um, to, to test people really and screen people so therefore you know actually it is our responsibility to be trying to um recall these tests and they are useful um and i i mean one particular occasion that really stands out in my memory from my own practice is um i've had a client come in who had presented with what appeared to be for all intents and purposes and all the other screening done um just a simple calf tendinopathy and in the space of a week from him coming in presenting with you know like what seemed to be an achilles tendinopathy like you know what the unilateral calf pain after walking um turned out to be a deep vein thrombosis uh so and that that sh that showed in a space of a week presented with uh pitted edema um, and I was quite horrified that he had come back with this and complaining not only with the same symptoms, but also a pitted edema. But there was no sign of the pitted edema in the first visit. I had checked, but if I hadn't known the test, mm -hmm. I may not have picked that up. And he went to A&E, uh, sent him there straight away. And he was really good about it. You know, it could have been very much a difficult conversation. But, yeah, put straight onto the blood thinners and whatnot and seemed to be fine. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's really important to just just check in with those on I think a routine basis, you know. Yeah, great example. So yeah, if you're interested in those um, uh, different tests, particularly with relation to um, pain around the medial arch and what might look like plantar fasciopathy, plantar fasciitis, what you want to call it. Also, we talked about the importance of names and nomenclature and why maybe 
calling it your cells, plantar fasciitis might lead you to treat it in a way my names have changed that kind of opens the mind so it was a great episode obviously on youtube and podcast apps um check it out and then the last one we had was last week with the fantastic james earls and lucy wintle um which was like i say um, i mean both these guys uh well james obviously it's his book understand the human foot and lucy wintle was a co-author and appears in all the photos fantastic book um really recommend it I'm not just saying that because they were guests but it's just as again as someone who teaches anatomy and is really fussy about books although i realize it depends on the reader as to what you like for me it was just laid out so beautifully and the writing was just that perfect sweet spot between not too simplistic but then not too complicated and just phrased and storytelling we talked in that episode about the power of storytelling and metaphors and how that can help your client understand what they need to do why they need to do some exercises or change their frequency intensity rather than just giving instructions just describe using stories and metaphors and analogies and things it was really good episode um did you say you caught a bit of that did you gary because it was our james yeah i did catch a bit of it i i think about 20 25 minutes of that um, yeah, I've, I've listened to James talk many times. He's a very good orator. And, mm. and we, we did send out three copies of the book last week. Um, so I didn't get to, to view one of the copies, um, but I, I, def- I definitely will do. Um, Catherine's raised an interesting point in the comments, Matt. We mm. were talking earlier about the, um, you know, terminology. And, you know, you mentioned yourself that you, okay. you probably don't use the same terminology. Um, and we used to use plantar fasciitis, you know, but, but I think that sometimes with the, with the right type of client, then if you use complex medical terminology, it catastrophizes what is in fact sore, sore heel. So I used to try and diffuse the situation and, and, and say, well, yeah, you've got sore heel. These are the things that we can do to, to make it better. And these are potentially the things you're doing to make it worse. So it is about the language we use and whether we catastrophize or, or otherwise. Um, but, you know, Catherine's put in there that, you know, it's always daunting putting posts out on your business page because what if you're going to put the wrong thing? Well, I say, Catherine, that, you know, when you are creating these stories, as we spoke about in our, in our, our conversation I had with Catherine a, a few weeks ago, you know, you, you can always go back and you can add to these stories. You can always tag in a client that may have a, more, a suspected Morton's neuroma and you can update and say, well, this is what I thought then. But I've, you know, done some extra research and this is what I think now. So instead of doing that, rolling it on a, a, an ice ball or whatever, we're going to be doing this type of exercise this week. And we're going to see which one um, is best for you to get you the best outcome. So don't be afraid to put information out there as long as you are happy to, to correct yourself later in the day if it turns out that the, the information has changed. Good point, Catherine. Yeah. And also it's weird, isn't it? Because you've got to think when you're putting out posts, obviously no clients are going to criticise you. No patients are going to criticise you. Who are the posts for? Because that's tricky because we do live in an age where the people who jump on you will be other therapists, often people who will smile at you and shake your hand at Therapy Expert or whatever. And then they'll be, ah, I can't believe you're using that word. Ha ha, smiley face, tongue sticking out, eyeballs popping out, you know, and they don't realise maybe. And I'm, I've had a go at this before. They didn't realise the effect an emoticon, a little innocent emoticon with a tongue sticking out can have on somebody who's put a piece out there. You know, and now the people join in and start laughing and lol, lol, lol. And it's like, Jesus, but I don't know how much you just have to just ignore it because some people are just in the business of criticizing and it's kind of their business model. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like, like I think Gary's giving you the best advice. 
but as always hopefully that's what the sta does if if anyone putting out material is not quite sure then you're very welcome i receive stuff not that i'm oh yeah i probably am if i'm if i can say it can go then yeah you, you can go but yeah you can give stuff to me i might be a little bit too critical but um we've got a lovely community here and we can always share and that's something that happens on the group page as well um which is a nice segue into what we're going to go into next i think but yeah great point Catherine. yeah it's weird i'm interested to hear from any other people if they're be putting out blogs and things um and whether they're worried about what they put out if they're going to feel judged or something um interesting right so anyway that's see all that conversation just in the last three episodes we're going to stop talking about episodes now because 832 not bad i planned 830 so yeah those three episodes are there and that's what we're going to do the first half of the have your say is the ideas we talk about the episodes and other things will come from it um it doesn't have to stop there if you listen to them and you listen to this podcast and you want to send something in then send it send an email to matt at the sta.co.uk we can pick up again next month when we have our here i'll say if there's something you want to talk about or ask a question about and um, becky carroll sums it up here i love this of course becky's in here now becky says don't take criticism from someone you wouldn't seek advice from we should really end the show there it's beautiful it's a good one it's very true thank you becky yeah i love it Oh, here we go. Stephen Barr, let's continue this. People are popping their heads up now. Stephen Barr says, one of the best things about the STA is the community. Dot, dot, dot. This is what I want to talk about now because it's been a lovely month on the open group. Um, for people listening to podcasts, there's the STA Sports Therapy Association open group, which obviously anyone can join. And there's, there's some great networking there and people just sharing. And it's kind of a, I can't really say post-COVID now with Gary sitting there suffering the consequences. But one of the things COVID does was get people talking more and sharing and asking for advice and getting with this competitive kind of streak. And it's really seen on the STA open on the open book page in the group. So it is. So if you are a user of Facebook, I would do a little search on that. And it's, you know, anyone can join it. There's some really good stuff. Um, plus like Gary said, the competitions, it wasn't just the Lotus publishing, was it? Understand the human foot. Also, you will see in there, and I'm not just doing this to sell you, but it's just to give you an idea how we roll this month. We had uh, rock pods vibe, which is cupping with vibration. I'm not really the person to talk about that, but um, again, it was a chance to experience and try out some um, of the latest technology from Octate UK. All you had to do was be on the in the group, um, like a post and tag a friend. And 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 um, I think that's over now because it's during the month. Physique management, I think they're still running an Are You Ready competition as well, which is all about um, putting together the perfect sports first aid kit ahead of the new season. So there's details about that in the Sports Therapy Association um open group uh, and more there's loads of stuff and also there's interesting debates and discussions and things and i wanted to turn my attention now our attention to one of the things you talked about gary which was advice you posted about watch out for calling yourself a physio or referring to yourself as a physio anyway could you expand on that because it caused quite a lot of discussion wasn't a useful discussion yeah, so what, what happened at the start of last week is um, I, I came back on social media after having a week away and was disturbed, I suppose, by the amount of soft tissue therapists, graduate sports therapists and even graduate sports rehabilitators tagging in their Facebook and or Instagram that they'd taken on a new role as a team physio. And with a hashtag physio, hashtag physical therapy. And I think it's really important that we re respect that they are protected titles. We can't use them. Physiotherapy and physical therapy, we can't use them at all. So I had to contact a, a number of members, but also 
I contacted the um, the admins of, of another group and said, you know, are you aware this is happening in your group? It's something we as an industry should be, you know, clear about that we are not physiotherapists. Um, we don't claim to be. Um, and, and the argument was that the the general public see our role as a physio. Uh, and, and one of the things that, that I mentioned in one of the threads was that um, a client went to see one of our members, uh, had a, a, a successful outcome from a, from a course of treatment and was referenced on social media by a relative of the client. Um, been to the physio room, great physio session, um, highly recommend brilliant massage. Now, HCPC picked up on this and now nowhere on our members' website did it reference physiotherapy, physical therapy, and all the references were to the graduate sports therapy role that the member had. But HCPC have insisted that the, the member now writes to the relative of the client to put things right, even though she had no control over the wording that was put out by the relative. Um, and there's a, up to a thousand pound fine for each proven incident. So that's why I started the discussion is just check. Now I've just been onto my Facebook page, the, the Sports Therapy Association page, and we are categorized in the medical and health. And this is the one that I'm recommending to people because we're not claiming to be a medical professional. We are in the sort of health industry, um, but it's the closest one. The, the, there was one which was you could you could put yourself as a massage therapist, which I thought sent out the wrong message um, because we are not a massage therapist. We're a soft tissue therapist or we're a, a, a sports therapist or a sports rehabilitator. But I, what I didn't know was that from time to time, your category can be changed by one of the Facebook algorithms. So it's worthwhile checking periodically that you are in the correct category. Because even though you have no control over that third party action or the third party website in the, um, in the instance of one of our members, where tags were picked up from Instagram and Facebook, hashtags were picked up, and they were listed in a physio group even though they're a graduate sports therapist. So you've got to take <coughs> care of your online presence and, and check it regularly to make sure you don't fall foul. I've actually written to the HCPC on behalf of this member to explain what happened. Um, and I'm, I await a response. Wow, pretty serious, big fines. Yeah, something which affects a lot of people, isn't it? Um, we've just been joined actually he's just been doing his physio work not physio work <laughs> Scott Loins who's the regional uh, representative coordinator for STA wow. how are you doing you've just been doing pitch side work haven't you with rugby uh, uh, evening clinic uh, rugby uh, yeah. busy one um, just have you come across that, that? You, you, do they call you physio do you get some people saying oh you're uh, physio yeah yeah they've literally put a sign on my door saying physio and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what have you done about it I was, I was like I'm not a physio I've literally just stuck one of my signs across it this is a problem, isn't it? Did you? Yeah. And, and 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 have you successfully managed to change what they call you, or is it some, just some people? Oh. It's, it's it's one of those, isn't it? It's just some people call. There's like 
there's even, when I first joined the club, there's high-vis jackets with physio across the back. And I went, high-vis. I was like, no, I'm not wearing it. Why? Because I'm not a physio. So yeah, it's, yeah. It, I, I'm proud of what I do. If I, uh, I posted in um, the physio and therapist support group earlier on about one of my past experiences um, about being called just a sports therapist. Mm. And, you know, uh, student physios uh, telling me to get out of the way because I am just a sports therapist. This is, bear in mind, at this time, I probably had nearly two decades worth of experience, and they were a student physio. And they told me to get out of the way and let them deal with it because they are a physio. So, yeah, you get kind of looked down upon. But I'm very, very proud of what I do and my background. If I wanted to be a physiotherapist, I would have chose that background. That's it's tricky, I isn't it? Because I can imagine with people saying that to you, then the solution, the quick fix solution would be, oh, i just call myself a physio then. No one's going to know. I, I, I'll put the physio top on. But as Gary explains, that can have consequences, serious consequences down the line. So I actually checked my Facebook the other day um, on the back of that. Uh, and in the about section, it said physiotherapist. I was like, hmm, I'm pretty sure because I had mine as um, fitness. Mm. But because I think it might, when you mentioned the Facebook algorithm there, few of my, obviously people kind of comment on things and put reviews and things like that. And go went to a physio session, you know, brilliant, you know, this, that, the other, and Facebook comes up suggested edits, and it just does it. And oh, I think that's what had happened. So I took that off. So, but it actually took me a few goes because every time I changed it, it and closed it back down and saved it and everything, it just went back to exactly the same thing. But actually, make sure you double check it because you might have thought you've changed it, but it probably took me about four goes to actually get it off. So just make sure you, you double check it. So yeah, it's it is worth checking because I I wasn't aware mine was. Yeah, so yeah. I'm I'm very proud of what my background is. Fiona, have you been referred to as a physio before and had to negate it and say, look, I'm not a physio, I'm a doctor. Yeah, I have, and as like Scott has like always correct people, but um, it doesn't stop, especially the general public, from making that you know um, mistake, but. Um, I think it's it's well intended. It's it's kind of like from the perspective of, you know, unfortunately, there being some kind of invisible hierarchy of, you know, who's better. Uh, it's meant to be a compliment, perhaps, but it's just um, doesn't reflect the work we do. Um, I do recall when I first started my business, there being very few options on Facebook for being able to delegate, you know, or select the right um field of work or industry um, and I seem to remember a few of my peers at the time choosing to take up the physical therapist kind of Americanized kind of title mm. um, or, or label or industry but yeah I, I've, I've always tried to be really careful I think on Instagram there's a similar setting so it's probably worth checking there as well if you've got multiple accounts across different platforms. It's physical therapist is protected as well isn't it? It's not an easy way out. You'll still get the potentially people chasing you for it. Gary, there's a question here from Stephen Barr. Stephen Barr's having his say on Have Your Say. Stephen says, surely a public post stating that no physiotherapy was involved or claimed would be sufficient, especially as it wasn't the therapist who made the comments? Question mark. Do you think that would One work? would like to think it would be that easy, but yeah. apparently it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really get their teeth into it and they look. it's almost like they are looking for it. Um, Glenn Murphy has commented here. Glenn says, 
I'm reading these out, but if you come and see the live show, then they appear on the screen. But Glenn says, I always introduce myself as a sports therapist and explain what we do after consultation and some tests. And then the patient says, but I can still get physio, can't I? Yeah, it's true. It's, it should be a book, shouldn't there? Confessions of a sports therapist. But it, we do need to educate the public, don't we? I think if enough of us are proud of our title, I think I commented this somewhere, if enough public hear the word, no, actually, I'm a sports therapist, and they see enough, you know, T-shirts and stuff of sports therapists, they'll start using it because it actually says a lot more than just physio. It says what you're doing, especially if they're sports people. So, sorry, It Gary. sounds like, um, I was just going to say, it sounds like physio is sort of more of a verb, like it's, an, it's a doing word, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah, like physio. an action. Has anybody actually come across... A physiotherapist or other therapist clinic call them themselves sports therapy. There's two near me. Although you get a lot of sports physios. So, no, they call themselves sports. So it's physiotherapy, yeah. sports therapy. So it's like, so it's a physiotherapist call themselves in their business title, sports therapist. Mm. No, I think that's all to do. I think that's all to do with hierarchy. Okay, mm. physiotherapy is here and sports therapy is there. We can't go up the ladder, but they think it's all right to come down the ladder. <laughs> but are they Honestly, coming down the ladder? It's, I wouldn't say it's coming down the ladder. Well, no, I, I wouldn't either. But I have probably six or seven conversations a week with clinic owners who get in touch asking advice about um, employing a graduate sports therapist to work in their physio clinic because they can't fill the vacancies. And so I always say, well, what, what is the job job um, spec and what is the person spec? Oh, well, they've got to be a graduate. They've got to have HCPC. Um, they've got to do everything that a physio does, but we're only going to pay them half the, half the wages. Mm. And I say, you're not going to get a sports therapist to do everything that a physio does because we're not trained in respiratory or um, geriatric, pediatrics, neurology, et cetera. Um, we're trained in, in MSK, sports trauma. So that's what we're going to do. That is our remit. But it's, you know, we've got a bit of an employment um, crisis going on in the physio world at the moment. So there are actually increasing opportunities for sports therapists at Band 5 in the NHS. Uh, it's been on one of the threads that you commented on, Scott, you know, where somebody was doing a, a pre-reg master's in physio and they were called, you come from a dirty sports therapy background. You know, this is a 37-year-old sports therapist wanting to, you know, upskill and then being told that she comes from a dirty physio, uh, sports therapy background. Um, and because she, she won't have done an NHS rotation, she's not as good. So um, I think that I've got about 60 comments in within the hour. Um, my, my notifications went mental with that because I commented on it and then I just like, so, 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 so. I was like, what? Yeah. Claire's, Claire's made a, a, a good point here. Okay. Oh, sorry, Matt. Uh, Claire Hunter says, which Claire Hunter says, the titles are not yet recognized enough in public. Even getting the insurance, the nearest option is physiotherapist. So it does make it harder to get the correct recognition. Even getting car insurance, sorry, yeah. The nearest option is physiotherapist. Yeah, I noticed that the other day with um, bike insurance, yeah. But I think it's getting a, oh, I don't know, at least because I follow people who I know, um, you know, preach multidisciplinary and we've had them on the show they're they're kind of sharing stuff but i do see adverts now which are advertising for physio or sports therapist you know i didn't used to see them but maybe it's just the people i'm following is it getting a bit better gary you well there in the industry do you think more people are clearing up more, for? more people are asking but when you read the person specification and the um role specification they don't match up 
Mm. They, they are still saying you've got to be, um, you know, registered with the SST or BASRAT or STA, um, mm. and you've also got to be HCPC. Well, we can't be HCPC, you know. And even today, there was something on one of our groups put up about, you know, HCPC uh, insurance companies won't uh, accept sports therapists because we're not HCPC, you know. And I had to respond saying, "This has never changed. This has been like this for thirty years, mm. you know." Physios are now getting out of insurance work because of the invoicing through a third party and because of uh, limits on the, the the price that they're going to pay. You know, insurance work is a, is a folly, it's a, in my opinion. And if anybody, if any of the STA members want to know how to acquire more clients, insurance is not the way forward. You know, I'm more than happy to arrange a call and discuss marketing and unique selling points and, and specialisms, etc. Um, so yes, unfortunately, not, the status quo remains despite all the work we're doing in the background. There we go. Right, Scott, thanks for joining us, uh, especially welcome. after being a sports therapist uh, rather than a physio, which you know is a, often a tougher job. Um, so now you're here. Um, yep. Yeah, what's been happening in your world um, with the STA and what's what's and what's coming uh, up? So uh, we've been continuing with the. So they've now moved to monthly, the weekly um, coffee chats, like drop-in sessions. Um, Gary used to drop in on quite a few of them um, as well. Uh, they're just kind of open chats for any members, really, to, to air any concerns, air any questions. Just have a general chat as well, really, you know. This is for like STA for members. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've done a few, which have been mm-hmm. open. Uh, we've had register invite to... Uh, non-members um, but it tends to be uh, the interaction wasn't really there they just kind of turn up and leave the cameras off I think not really interact so we moved back to making it a member benefit only really um, you know they've been quite useful they've been useful for me to start off with um, life of a self-employed sports therapist can be a lonely a lonely profession you know stuck in a room with one person at a time, you know, you, you don't have work colleagues and stuff to bounce things off. And it was born out of that, really. Um, I was kind of going, I need somebody to talk to other than people in my house. Um, so I kind of just started started it, just chatting to members, and it took off from there. We've had some very interesting conversations. And there's quite a few things in the STA in the background which have come as basically as a result of that. Um, and then the other thing that we started up is the clinic chats, which are um, a bit more webinar-based. Um, so we start a bit more clinical reasoning kind of stuff. So we've started, first one was introduction to uh, subjective and objective assessment, quick overview, question answers, that kind of thing. Uh, and then we did a quick kind of introduction to neurological assessment because uh, it's speaking to some of our graduate members as well, it's, it's been obvious that it's been missed off on quite a few of the degrees, and which I find quite surprising because I did it on mine and I did it on my master's, so I was, I was quite surprised. Um, and then we're going to kind of lead into rehab, basic principles of rehab, and then from there we're going to specify off into joints, injuries, muscles, and kind of go down how to assess for various things, how to screen for various things. It's brilliant. Rehab ideas for various things, but it's just, it's about 
the clinical reasoning side of it, not just kind of getting your brain working and, and how you get to the end point. Brian going, I've got a knee injury, just do some squats. Like That's what so are you useful. trying to achieve? Like yeah, you what are you trying to achieve with it? Because because you know, you saw this because being uh, not working in a multidisciplinary clinic and being by yourself, which a lot of people are, you don't have the benefit of firing questions to other professionals and the osteopath and the physio and doing that on a daily basis. So um, Becky Carroll has said the open chat sessions I've attended have been great. I think that's a really good solution for people who work by themselves. And you can tell by the content you guys have been talking about. I mean, I came from a clinic for 10 years where there was normally about eight or nine different therapists. And once a week, we did all sit around a table on chairs just for a quarter of an hour and, and just had a chat about different stuff that had come up. And it was just amazing. But for people who work by themselves, it sounds like these um, coffee chats and things you're organizing and the clinical chats would be a great place to stop. So if you're one of the 2,000 therapists who's listening to this podcast and you're thinking, oh, I'd love to have a chat with another therapist. I'm tired of working by myself in the gym and not having anyone to bounce ideas off. Scott Loins is your man. And you can contact Scott by emailing. Scott at the SDA.co.uk. Simple as that. It's how you are. Well, find me on Facebook. You know, yeah. It's just easy as that as well. And Scott, yeah, so the, next, yeah. the next one's next Wednesday. So, um, Gary, are you joining? As long as you can talk. Yeah, I'll, I'll join next Wednesday. Um, I've had enough of not talking. I need to get out there again. <laughs> yeah, next Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's worth mentioning that the clinical reasoning chats are recorded and do go in the uh, the members portal. So anybody who's listening who's interested, we've got 110 or 109 back episodes of the of the podcast stroke web chats on the website. And Matt recently has put uh, some very useful links in there to um, Spotify and Apple, etc. So you can access them top right of the home screen. Uh, the WIST um, podcast series is available there as well. So it's all open access. But the things that we're talking about now, Scott and myself, we're doing this as part of our community. And I think it was Stevie Barr who said the best thing about the SDA is the community. You know, when, when I started this eight years ago, I vowed that no, none of my members would ever feel isolated. And this is the reason that we're doing it. So we've gone from weekly because we've tried different formats and different nights and, and, and numbers were sometimes low, sometimes they were high. So we, we looked at evolving this. Um, so alternate fortnights is clinical reasoning and then a coffee chat, uh, the, but the clinical reasoning ones, they are acceptable for CPD. They are recorded. They are accessible through the members portal. Fantastic. Right. We say the best to last. Well, not really, but Fiona, WIST, WIST has now got Instagram and it's got uh, Twitter accounts, UK underscore WIST, I believe. Um, and and as you corrected me, you've now got your fifth episode out now. How's that been? Exciting, no? It's been it's been a wild ride. <laughs> yeah, just. <laughs> oh, it sounds like a roller coaster when people say that. Oh, yeah, emotional. No, uh, <laughs> like I think Debs and I have both been really determined to. We've both got quite busy schedules, and I think from that perspective, and maybe the demographic that we're you know, talking about, I suppose, in our podcast, uh, Women in Sports Therapy. Um, we're, you know, we're busy folk and we're trying to address a busy audience, I guess, um, and address a lot of health issues that are quite specific and maybe don't come up in conversation a lot. So while we're drawing from our own experience and we, you know, the first few episode, episodes in particular, um you know, we've done a fair bit of research and reading on these subjects and it's, you know, 
a learning curve for us as well as I suppose hopefully for the people who are listening uh, uh, about particular you know health conditions or, or or sort of areas of work and life that 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 might be of interest to our listeners anyway <laughs> there is some great episodes I mean all of them and I've been kind of um retweeting stuff out there because again it's something which I think not it doesn't get out to enough people and I love the way that you and Debs are kind of stressing that it's not I mean it's going to be fantastic value obviously for um female therapists but it's not just for women at all, is it? If anything, I, I, from what I've heard and chatted with you, I think there's even more of a benefit sometimes for guys to listen to it as well, given that guys are working with women. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think there's certainly a lot of conversation that we have and, and discuss that perhaps men aren't often privy to. Um, I definitely felt like the conversation in the most recent episode with Leslie, Leslie Campbell, um, you know, we discuss things that probably don't come up in your average conversation between genders or, you know, between men and women. Um, and and how I think in particular things like menopause or perimenopause, the subjects that are quite difficult to talk about. Um, you know, we can say, oh, well, there's an open environment and, you know, or, you know, you can tell me anything. But sometimes that, that's just not what the person going through it once um and it can be really difficult to deal with uh particularly like hormonal fluctuations it doesn't matter what stage of life and even whether you're a man or a woman um you know trying to address that issue uh of like what's going on for you it can be really hard when there's hormones involved um so <laughs> sensitive subject at the best of times but if somebody's really going through a hormonal flux like can be really difficult to talk about stuff uh, so hopefully in having these kind of candid more candid conversations on record it's sort of a snapshot if you like into what might actually be going on there I think it reminds me of what Gary said. Gary said a while back that CPD for him has continued for personal development and listening to what I have from you guys and also listening to the likes of Emma Brockwell and Gwanya Donnelly, who we've had on as guests um, and the guests they've had talking about some of the experiences they've had and the issues. It's, it is personal development and it's probably going to help you a lot in your own personal life if you've got mums and sisters, you know, and daughters. Um, it's stuff that guys need to know about. I mean, my seven-year-old, came home the other day and started telling me how he knew understand what a vulva was and testicles and i just thought this is brilliant and he's seven years old and yet something happens before he gets to maybe 17 where you can no longer talk about that anymore and you'll forget what it even means and you'll get confused and he's like it's such a shame and it's just society isn't it it's the taboos we put onto things and absolutely yeah i think like all that all that we are as human like at the end of the day everybody is the same and if you can't have a compassionate kind of conversation with somebody, it doesn't matter whether they're a man or a woman or whatever, just, you know, understanding that somebody has an issue and trying to be empathetic is the main, like, point of having human communication. Um, so I just think, yeah, like, we should we should be able to just talk about these things. And I like, I love that, like childhood innocence, you know, just like completely unencumbered by. You oh, know, that's amazing. He was life. telling me, he was explaining to me, he was explaining to me at seven years old how 
It was funny, actually, because he was telling me how we're all born as women and that's why we've got nipples. And I was thinking, this is really cool that he's kind of learning about, you know, embryo development and stuff and how it all changes. And I was repeating this probably to totally the wrong um, uh, environment. I was, talk- I was outside the school gate with uh, two other dads kind of listening and one big hulking guy. And I said, yeah, no, apparently, yeah, Dylan was telling me that, you know, he was taught that we're all born as, you know, we're all women when we develop inside. And he turned around and said, he said, what to your kid? I said, well, mate, I'm sorry, but, you know, actually, at one stage in your life, you were a girl. (laughs) (laughs) And I felt good about it. But it is, is, what I love about, it is a taboo subject. It's weird. And and if you hear it from the wrong person, then it can come across as something or just the shutters will come down again. But the way you and Deb's managed to talk about it, um, for me, and I'm sure for the feedback I've had from a lot of other people, is just really nice. You open the doors, you talk about it. There is that sense of humour as well, and the way you guys click. So I hope you do. Right, I Mark, what's stressful? But I hope you do enjoy the chats as well. Mark, Mark, what what I what I find really interesting, and and I'm extremely proud of all of the SGA team. And and Fiona, you will you will back me up on this. We've had conversations in the past, Scott. We've had conversations where I've challenged you to do something outside of your comfort zone. And all three of you tonight, Matt, you've said, yeah, I really love doing this because it's free CPD for me. You're learning all of the time. Scott's been on there said, yeah, I find it challenging. You know, I, you know, working on my own, I need to talk to people. I need to network with people. Fiona said that she's gone away and done research on, on, on certain things that she was unsure about. But Matt, you'll back me up on this as well. Last year at Therapy Expo, when Debs was talking, when Fiona was talking, you were both really nervous at the start. And literally, we watched you grow in five minutes of talking in front of an audience. That, to me, is why it's about personal development as well. So just having these opportunities to come on, have these sort of chats. I wouldn't have done one of these chats two years ago. Not at all. I would have been scared of what to say. But I think we've all come on as a team. We are we are developing as a team. And and Catherine, you know, she's in the house again tonight. She's developing as a, as a therapist. We had a chat last week, and and the the content that she's putting out now is is fantastic. But you know, sometimes we do need that little push yeah, to go I that t- little bit further. I totally agree with that. And I think that like just the process. I mean, I think once you've got a an idea of that there's a thirst for information on a particular subject just through, I mean, the SGA groups, the open and the closed groups are both very active forums for discussion. Um, and off the back of the the, the SGA, pod, this podcast, um, you know, we see a lot of subjects kind of coming up again and again. And knowing that there's this need for information and then knowing that there's something that we can do to fill that gap and, support the members is really motivating to to actually go ahead and do it and it's um I'd say to anybody that's like you know questioning maybe whether or not they've got anything valuable to share like you absolutely do if you think that you know something that people might want to know chances are there's there's people out there that want to know it it's just it's finding the courage to just share that and like Catherine you know talking about your posts and worrying about that feedback and Becky's totally right like the people who want to know and need to know are the people that count you know there's always going to be people who've got negative things to say um 
but we just have to keep pushing the good the good message out there yeah definitely <laughs> go team SCA <laughs> oh, I just got something to my eye hand it's a beautiful thing <laughs> yeah um, we, I mean on on Facebook today Matt we our friend Mr Scarsbrook I was thinking that yeah Commonwealth Games he he put on there that he's been networking with with members of other associations and he has been extolling the the benefits of being an STA part of the STA community um so what I'm going to do for the duration of the Commonwealth Games, anybody who's listening who wants to join and be part of the community, if you use the discount code GAMES20, uh, you can get 20% off any of our membership packages, uh, which start at £35 for a student, £60 for a recurring, and £75 for a single year membership. Um, if anybody wants to speak to me about their Facebook is the best way, STA Gary is my, is my business profile. Uh, send me a DM uh, and I'm, I'm happy to arrange a chat to talk to anybody about how we can support you or even how you can support us. There we go. Wow, this has worked better than I even thought it would in my head. This has been lovely. I feel warm and, and cosy inside. It's been fantastic. Um, so it's it's nine o'clock or it's actually nine o four. So we've gone over. Um, I think that's a beautiful place to actually draw this to a conclusion. Um, people listening to the podcast, there's loads to act on if you want um, you can get loads out of just joining us um, through the podcast or if you're interested in becoming a member of the Sports Therapy Association, then um, as you will now have heard, if you listen to the podcast, then there's an offer there of 20%, which I think brings it down to almost us giving you money. But um, yeah, it's we're already very cheap anyway. And and sometimes it used to wind me saying that because you associate cheap with poor quality, but it were cheap because a lot of the other places are just charging too much. Um, so you will be surprised when you find out. But hopefully the price will become negligible because you'll see the sort of thing which we get up to and the kind of support you can get in the industry, which often does present problems. Um, so um, and you just want to join anyway. But you don't have to. This isn't here as a sales pitch. It's just we are there. We just want people out there to know that the Sports Therapy Association can probably help you in lots of ways which um, will benefit you. So there you go. Um, so there we go. Right. So um, we'll do what I'm looking forward to. September the 1st, we'll do another one of these where we'll get together and talk about things. If you have got any things you'd like raised um, throughout the month, it's going to be throughout August now, then just send an email to matt at the sta.co.uk. All, it's very easy to contact us, for example, the people in this room. It's just the name of the person at the sta.co.uk. So if you want to talk to Scott, Scott at the sta.co.uk, you've got Fiona the same and then Gary the same. Actually, just to interject there, I can see Gary shaking his head. He's already onto this. Um, Debs and I have a shared email. So oh, if, you email, if you want to reach me or Debs, Debs or I, I don't know. My dad will shout at me because he's <laughs> into his grammar. <laughs> if he's listening to this, sorry, dad. Um, we, we have a shared uh, email. You can reach us at wist. At it's wist, that's true. Wist at the if you want to contact Fiona. Right, so there we go. Um, the hour is up. Just to let you briefly know before we close this evening's procedures for the next two, two next two Tuesdays, uh, so August the second and the ninth, you're going to have Mike Grice of Movement Therapy Education in the host chair. As I'm away for a couple of weeks, um, he is going to have with him special guests, Dr. Claire Minshaw will be on one of the weeks, and also Tim Allardyce will be back as well. Uh, so they're going to be some great episodes. If you haven't heard Mike Grice before, fantastic resource, huge friend of the STA. Um, and a lot of you know him already, um, but um, fantastic person to listen to. And the guests will be amazing as well. Then I'll be back in mid-August um, because it's a five Tuesday month, then we've still got three episodes left for a focus on. And we're moving up to the knee. And I've got three fantastic guests 
uh, booked for the last three weeks in August on each of the Tuesdays at eight o'clock. We'll be looking at different conditions and, and issues to do with the knee. Um, as always, make sure you're following UK underscore STA on Twitter and Instagram. Um, or look for the Sports Therapy Association Facebook page uh, or the open group if you want to stay in contact with us. And if you're interested in joining the STA, then just go to www.thesta.co.uk. I think that's everything. Gary, Dr. Fiona Hicks, Scott Loins, anything else you think we should say? No, I don't think so. I think we're pretty thanks much coming all, isn't it? Okay. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us. And if you join us live, thank you very much. Everybody who joined us in the live lounge, really appreciate it. Um, and if you listen to the podcast as a last um, request, if you could just take some time, if you've enjoyed it, to leave a rating. Five is always nice. And a little review. It just helps us appear higher in Google search engine. That's all it is. So the good word of our speakers and the job we do will reach more people. That's it. Right. So I won't see you, but we'll be back next Tuesday at o'clock, um, August the 2nd, with Mike Grice. Um, uh, and I'll see you in three weeks' time. Right. Take care. Look after each other. You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy.